Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. I'm your host, Andrea Clausen, and today I chat with Reed Moisman. The Peaceful Power Podcast is here to help you live a movement-based lifestyle, utilizing fitness, yoga, and Ayurvedic techniques. Each week, I will bring you a motivational guest or a solo show geared to help you take action to live that peaceful, powerful life. All right. I'm super excited to have Reed on today. So Reed is someone that I have known um, for a few years now since she was in college. And I, um, you know, I've just kind of like had her help out um, in my business. Like she took some photos with me back in the day, like I needed some photo shoot people. And so she volunteered, you know, we go on walks and we chat and we talk like she is super um, on it with her fitness game and her energy. I told her at the end of the interview that she has such an old soul. And I think you guys will hear that, um, like her presence and her just, um, her just ability to connect with people, I think is just really key to her being so successful, you know, in the personal training world and nutrition coach, like she just is someone that you, you know, want to learn from and is just so sure of herself. And she just knows you know, what she's going after. So I think you guys are really going to enjoy today's uh, show. And we talk about, you know, lots of different training things, you know, where people might be going wrong with their routines, um, how to get into a routine and actually break maybe that habit cycle um, and a rut if you've been in a fitness rut. And we also talk about body talk and we talk, you know, just, you know, how, how we get where we are and how, you know, maybe we overcome some stuff that, you know, old stories that we've told ourselves. So it's a really good episode. I hope you guys enjoy. And um, without further ado, here is the episode with Reed. Welcome to the Peaceful Power Podcast. Today, I am here with Reed Moseman, and I just had to ask her how to pronounce her last name, because <laughs> I've known Reed for a long time, probably since you were, you and you were in college. And so yes, um, I, know. I know, now you're 25? I am, Yes. Yes. So I'm excited because she is kind of like the next generation in the fitness, fitness world, fitness field. And, um, she is someone that I've known for, you know, six years or so now. So I'm excited to kind of hear about your evolution. And at first though, I want you to kind of back up and start with how did you even like first fall in love with health and wellness and get into the fitness industry? Absolutely. Uh, I'm excited to be here as well. I want to say it means a lot coming from someone like you to say that I'm the next generation of fitness. That that means the world. Um, so yeah, I'm really excited to be here. I, oh, I'm kind of trying to think back on my journey. I've always been someone who's been very aligned with health and wellness and mindfulness. I To go way, way back, actually, I chose to become a vegetarian in this super young age. And I was actually five when I caught a lot of meats out of my diet because my mom told me what was actually in a hot dog. Wow. <laughs> at five? At five. And oh when I was eight, I told her that I just didn't know if I could stomach the idea of eating meat. Um, I will caveat that, that I do definitely now eat meat, but <laughs> I was actually a vegetarian for about 12 years. And I remember when I first told my mom, Hey, I want to try out vegetarianism. She gave me a vegetarianism for dummies book. And I just ate the whole thing up. I thought it was so fascinating. I mean, I was eight years old and I was so fascinated by how I could make sure I was getting enough protein and being smart with creating complete proteins. And I was this like young girl that just found this so fascinating. So I was also raised in a fairly healthy environment. I was super active growing up. Um, I danced uh, all the way through high school and I, it was just a big part of who I was. I didn't even really think twice about it. And I kind of got to an age, it was my freshman year of college where I actually was really regularly taking group fitness classes at the rec center uh, at the University of Minnesota. And I remember having the thought, I was like, this would be the most fun way to make money. 
Like I love the idea of leading people in health. There's good music, there's good energy. And I can distinctly remember back to the, the instructor that I went up to and said, Hey, like, how did you get involved with this? And essentially one thing led to the next. So I started with teaching group fitness that led me into personal training and has really led into the, um, all the years that I've spent now so far in the industry, uh, on the, the wellness side of things and, and coaching and training. Mm. So what is kind of your fitness philosophy? Yes. So I would say for sure, when it comes to the fitness component, I feel really strongly about functional fitness. So I think a huge piece of that is how do you balance? I talk a lot from a wellness perspective of balancing your fitness with your mindfulness, with your nutrition. And I think that from a fitness perspective specifically, that becomes a balance of how do you combine both you know, cardio, mobility movement, as well as strength training to create kind of a holistic approach to your health. And at the end of the day, when it comes to adherence and people really sticking with programs, I think the number one thing is finding something that you love. You know, it's whether that for some people is Zumba, for some people that's CrossFit, for some people that's weight training, for some people, you know, that's Orange Theory, or that's just, you know, being a marathon runner, whatever it happens to be, find what you love, because that's what you're going to be most consistent with. Um, but if I was to really, you know, prescribe kind of a very in-depth program for someone, I think there's components of strength, cardio, uh, and mobility that, mobility that should really be incorporated in any strong program. Mm. So if someone's coming to you and they're like, Hey, Reed, I like, I don't know, you know, what I want to do in fitness. Like I hate it. I've tried everything. I don't like anything. You know, what are you kind of, you know, how do you kind of go about that? Yes. I think a big thing for people, and this is kind of with coaching in general, right. Is understanding their why, you know, why do you want to get into this? I think a lot of people understand like, Hey, I should be active for my health or my doctor has told me, or my spouse has told me, or whatever it happens to be. But I think it's, it's helping them understand what's their why uh, to, to actually working toward those goals, right? So maybe it's, I want to be able to keep up with my kids when they run around outside, or I want to be able to walk up a flight of stairs and not be completely winded at the top. Or maybe it's something like, hey, I have a number of friends that have gotten into running, and I would love to be able to accomplish a 5K. I'm just trying to find a way to get into it. And I think for a lot of people, it's, it's talking through that piece of, of their why and then helping them understand how they can get there. And it does definitely take some experimentation. I think that there's a lot of, the beauty of these days is that there's a lot of modalities out there to try out and experiment with. So that I think is, is what provides the best opportunity for people to really try different things. Yeah. And one of the things that you had said, um, you know, is about behavior change and like, mm -hmm. you know, breaking into those new things, like discovering your why. And I think tied along with it is the behavior change piece. So, um, I know you have some philosophies on that and I think this is super helpful for people. Um, because when we first start things, you know, maybe we do it for a month and it's new and it's shiny and we're excited. And then all of a sudden month two comes and we're like, Oh, well now I got a few more things going on in my life. I'm just going to, you know, cut my workout days to two and then the next month comes and slowly, you know, we've cut it down to nothing or maybe just, you know, once every other week we work out, you know, and it's just the behavior change wasn't there. So what are some ways you address that and help people like stick to a program? Absolutely. So I always coach on starting small. I, from both, whether it be something specific to nutrition or mindfulness, maybe it's meditation, maybe it is like, hey, I'm trying to get a little bit more, you know, cardio or strength training into my routine. I always encourage clients to really start with one goal a week. So 
my, my methodology is really kind of centered around habit stacking. So each week we're setting one really strong goal. And from there we're seeing, you know, what were the challenges, what were the successes, the roadblocks, what worked and didn't, and then stacking goals on top of each other. So I would say for people, it's a matter of really finding what is that first big goal that'll allow them to, or habit change that'll allow them to kind of start working towards their goals. So for some people that might be as simple as like, Hey, I have a, a client right now who has a super busy schedule. She's a mom and she was like, wait, I'm struggling to fit exercise into my day. I said, here's a great idea. Let's, she loves kettlebells. I was like, let's get you a kettlebell in your office. 10 minutes of swings three times a week. And that's it, right? I just wrote her a short little program for those 10 minutes. And it can be as simple as that, right? She's alternating between 10 swings and holding a 30 second plank. She's super setting the two and she's doing it for 10 minutes, not breaking any crazy sweat, but she's getting into movement throughout the day. And I think that's a huge thing that you, I know, talk about as well is, is like, how can you find those just short, tiny little minutes to, to get some movement in? Mm, I love that. I mean, that to me is golden. Cause I, I was actually just telling, um, one of my clients, cause she's going to be gone and she's going to have like no equipment for about a month and she loves to work out. And so I'm like, Hey, I'm playing with like 20 minute or less workouts. Some of my workouts are 10 minutes or some are even five. Cause I finish it faster. And, um, I'm like, I want to see if you would like this. I'm like, it's minimal equipment. Cause we know you're not going to have access to much and you can do it five days a week. And you know, she was kind of like, whoa, because normally she does 45 minutes, you know, six days a week. So trying to kind of reframe that mindset. And I'm like, hey, look at, you know, I'm like, I've been doing it. And do I look the same? Because I think a lot of the times, sometimes it's like, what's going to happen to us if we stop doing that thing? And then we're like, oh, wait, nothing. (laughs) You know, Mm -hmm. like, I'm like, it's all an experiment. And, you know, we have to play with that. And we have to discover, well, what would happen? You know, and at the end of the day, hey, maybe it doesn't work for you, but you know, 15 minutes you found is great a few days a week to really relieve that stress of maybe the 45 minute intense workout. Well, I think the fun thing too about fitness is that you can play with your intensity, right? Yes. She's used to doing 45 minutes of moderate intensity, but she can get a very similar response in just 10 to 15 minutes of high intensity. And I think that's the beautiful thing as people kind of work through their journeys in fitness is understanding like, hey, where can I push myself? Like, what are, you know, how can I add a plyometric component or some jump training to this? How can I, you know, increase the challenge or grab heavier weights when I'm doing something to really, really get the benefit in a very, very short amount of time? And let's, let's talk about that high intensity. Cause I think sometimes the disconnect is what, what is high intensity? Like, I don't think people are used to pushing themselves to a true high intensity for sure. Yeah. I think that that's, and that's something I, you know, everyone kind of needs to, once again, it's experimentation and exploration, I would say, but you're totally right. I think there's, we, you know, both as trainers have seen this in a lot of people that sometimes I always talk about it on a scale of one to 10 usually. And I try to kind of get a gauge from people as well as you can tell as a trainer, you can see it in their face, right? Yes. And in their breath, you can tell when they're truly working hard and right. It's, it's, you know, that, that scale of one to 10 where a one is, Hey, I am walking in the park. I don't have increased breath. I am relaxed. A 10 being, Hey, I'm holding a sprint for 30 seconds and I could not hold it any longer than that. Right. And, or it's a one rep max effort on, on a, a weight movement. And I think that it's a matter of how do we coach people to understand how they can be safe with their movement and their form, but also push themselves to a place of getting really uncomfortable. Because sometimes I think, you know, there, there's some of this coaching too of, right? Like, oh, you know, getting into a good routine, it, 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 can, it can be easier than you think it is, right? And it, it will be once you get comfortable being uncomfortable, mm-hmm. but it will take a few sessions or, or moments where it's like, wow, I am breathing really heavy. 
I feel like I'm being chased by a bear, you know? <laughs> and I, I think that it's almost the most beautiful thing about coaching to those moments is when you see that light in someone's face where they didn't realize they could work that hard. And they kind of have that light bulb moment of like, wow, my body's really incredible and it can do a lot of really great things. Yes. I, I think that that is key because I have, you know, clients who are like, I'm going to die. This, this is hard. I'm going to throw up. I'm going to pass out. But really, I'm like, okay, if you're really going to do that, let me know. But are you just yes. saying that? Because I think sometimes yes. that's just kind of our go-to mentality if we haven't been to this side of like, you know, intense push, especially if you weren't an athlete. Because I find a lot of the times if you're an athlete, athletes probably have pushed or been pushed in practice in some capacity. Mm -hmm. But if you hadn't, you know, had those intense sports or practices through the years, that's where it can be kind of challenging. Like you don't know what your body's capable of necessarily. And, you know, finding that healthy edge as, you know, one of my yoga mentors always said, which yeah. I think is perfect for fitness as well. Finding that edge where you're like, okay, I'm pushing up to it, but I'm not going to go past it. You know, like if you are seeing stars or if you really are throwing up, you've went too far and yeah. I've done it. Like I've done it where coming back after I had my son, where I remember I saw one of my um, clients and I was in the bathroom and I am like, I am going to go down. Like I was not great. Oh, and it was my first, like more intense, you know, and it'd been, you know, a few months yeah. and we were talking and I was just like, I just feel so nauseous. And I was mm. like super embarrassed. I didn't want to tell her, which is so again, like just the mentality instead of being like, Hey, I really need to sit down. I push myself too hard, you know, mm -hmm. and just like honoring that. But like, those are the points where once you've been there, you'll know what that feels like. You don't For necessarily sure. need to go there, but you know, we kind of have that gauge of, okay, this is, this is my spectrum. This is where it needs to be a little bit out of breath is okay. Like mm -hmm. completely going to pass out that. Okay. Yes. Well, and it's, I think it's fascinating too, because there's two sides to it, right? I've definitely seen it as well that sometimes you get clients in where their ego kind of takes over. And I think yes. that they, they've, maybe it's kind of a harsh, maybe it's a realization for them, right? First session in a really, really long time. And it's like, Hey, you almost need to pull back a little bit so that we, yes. we don't pass out. We don't throw up. Right. Cause we, we want to respect our bodies as well. I think that's a huge piece when it comes to, to fitness. Um, so there's kind of two sides to it, but I completely agree that it's, 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 it's a bit of that experimentation and playing around with it and finding that healthy edge. I love that, that, that concept. And uh, I want to dive into ego now that you said that, because I think that is definitely plays a factor because it probably did for me because I was thinking, great, I'm just going to hop right back into things and didn't go as planned. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and I think that is where for me, I was just like, okay, I'm not quite ready, but it could have been the other way. I could have been mad at myself or like, you know, yeah. flipped it the opposite direction and gotten, you know, just completely like, oh my gosh, I need to work out a lot harder. I can't believe I'm at this place. And so balancing that ego when we work out can be a tricky thing. You know, what, what tips do you have with someone who's maybe balancing that? Like, but I should be here, but maybe they're not quite there yet. For sure. I always think about health as a journey, right? I think that there's a lot of kind of cyclical elements to what happens in our lives, right? There's a lot of things that happen throughout and you've obviously experienced this even more than I have. I've never had a child. I only have a fur baby. <laughs> um, but you know, things like that, right. For example, having a child or, you know, injuries that do pop out over time, right. Yeah. You know, accidents that happen, like there are moments in our fitness journey that we'll have to take a step back because it's, it just has to happen. Right. Mm -hmm. And sometimes it's those moments of getting back in the groove where it is hard. We kind of have to check and balance our ego. And I think that, the way that I always coach it is, is helping people recognize as well, the beauty in having been at that place where you know what you're 
what you're capable of is it makes it that much easier to get back there, right? Mm-hmm. Because you know what it feels like to, to run that mile in, in 630 or whatever, whatever your goals are. You know what it feels like to squat that weight or to be able to do that down dog and feel great in that position. And I think that using that as kind of motivation for people, but helping them realize that they'll actually be safer and better to their bodies decrease their risk of injury if they ease into that versus trying to push that point right away. And I always talk a lot with, with clients about kind of checking in with yourself, right? How is your body feeling? Not every single day is going to be exactly the same when we, when we show up to work out. And there's a number of factors that play into that, right? Whether it's stress, it's nutrition, it's sleep, it's, it's things that are going on in our lives. And encouraging people to really check in and respect themselves throughout their workout so they can most accurately gauge where that healthy edge is for them each and every day. Mm, Yes. Um, One of the factors I think that can drive the ego and just us to really push ourselves is the scale. Cause I think still, you know, people will come, you know, to a trainer sometimes I don't, I don't need more just because of my um, the way my website is set up. Like I just don't, I don't do a ton with weight and I haven't had as many people coming to me for that as a goal. Now that Mm -hmm. has been a shift. I don't know whether it's just, you know, industry wide, or if it's just Andrea wide, (laughs) but like just the evolution of, you know, in the last 11 years, what I have seen. And, um, you know, I've seen a slight shift from the scale, but then I sometimes get frustrated because I'm like, I know that's not the case. I would even say, you know, worldwide, because then I go on Instagram and I'm looking at stuff and I'm like, oh man, we're still back into the quick fixes and the, you know, the teas and the shakes and this is the thing that's going to get me to lose those 20 pounds. Um, and we're back on the scale. Cause that's essentially what people are at the end of the day are trying to do is like, Oh, I know that these people are saying it's going to take work. I don't want to do that. Mm-hmm. I'm diving back this way. Can we just talk about that and riff on that? Cause I, I'm sure. Yeah. That is something that I think, and I know you probably are the same way. Just how, how can we help educate people? Definitely. Well, I think it's, I do agree that I think there's been some shift over the recent years in a certain sense with, you know, there's a lot of these kind of body positivity movements Mm -hmm. and the concept of strong, not skinny. But I will say once again, that's still emphasis on your physical being, right? It's, it's how do I look? Um, you know, whether that be more muscular or more lean or whatever that happens to be, it's still thinking about that component. I always coach to encouraging people to celebrate their body. And thinking about that, not from a physical perspective, but from what can my body do? And I always love those moments in clients when I see that shift from someone maybe comes to me and says, hey, you know, I'm I'm trying to lose 30 pounds, right? And we'll work through that from a nutrition and a training perspective. But then when it shifts to that place of them being like, you know what, I've lost this weight, I'm feeling good, or maybe they're still trying to lose some of that weight, but they kind of realize that they actually are less worried about that. And they now want to be able to complete a 5k. Mm-hmm. Or they now want to be able to, you know, attend their first hot yoga class and then feel good all the way through, right? And it's those more kind of performance-based goals that are right for them, but but bring their emphasis elsewhere away from the scale. And that really, I think, leads back to that piece of, of celebration of what your body is capable of versus just what it looks like. I think that the more that people kind of travel through their own health journey, they'll realize too, even within themselves, that there's probably some moments where they might not quote unquote, look their, you know, absolute peak, but they might feel their best or they might perform their best. And I think it's actually really healthy when people have those moments because it allows them to realize that maybe the ideal of what I had in my head before is actually not exactly where I should be to feel my best. Because oftentimes I think it becomes this, this level of, 
you know, emphasis on, on looking a certain way, being the quote unquote best, but sometimes that's not best for all of us. Um, there could be a different weight that might be very from what we have in our head as our goal weight that truly would allow us to, to feel and have the best energy. And once again, that's kind of a bit of experimentation, but I think it's really good to have coaches like, you know, you in the world who are talking to people about, Hey, how do we pull our mindset away from the scale? Yeah. And that's, I mean, I just would say from personal experience, just from, I've had people who reach their goal and they're like, wait, this is it. You know, like I don't, you know, in their head, they're like, I was expecting like fireworks and like, oh my gosh, my life has completely changed because I am this weight. And then once they get that weight, they're like, well, I'm not any happier. Like I don't, I didn't, this is not what I was striving for. So, and I'm just talking, not necessarily, I'm not talking health weight where like I need to for, you know, health reasons, but more that vanity weight where we're like, Hey, I just want to lose those 20 pounds just because in our heads we had this number and I've said mine, I'm like, for whatever reason, 145 was my number for so many years. And I'm like, I don't even remember the last time I weighed that it was like in middle school. And I'm like, where did that number come from? Like in high school, that wasn't even what I weighed. So I'm like, it's so funny how, you know, it's just fixated in our heads that we're like, this is the number. And so sometimes we start digging deep on that and we're like, okay, but where, where did that come from? And I think actually, now that I'm thinking about this, um, I'm like that number came for me because that was what my mom weighed when she was in high school or college. Cause I think I remember asking her that when I was in high school and I was like, oh my gosh, I'm 160. Like I weigh more than my mom does or my mom did. And then that's how, like, that's how little shifts happen when we're so young and impressionable. And my mom didn't think anything of it, I'm sure. And I just came to this realization as I'm talking to you right now, that that's probably where that number came from. But like, it's stuff like that where you're like, holy moly, how long have we been holding on to some of these stories or just some of the stuff going on in our heads and it just comes out sideways? Absolutely. Well, I think a big thing too, I talked to so many clients about this is almost like how do we shift before we dive into the details of even nutrition or fitness or those sorts of things? It's like, how do we start with mindset? Yes. How do we start implementing things like regular meditation practice, gratitude journaling, uh, whatever it's right, whatever is right for them that allows them to have small moments throughout the day to once again, celebrate and appreciate where they're at versus constantly tearing down, taking a negative approach or thinking that they should be something different than they are. And it is so true. So I think so many of those things truly do come from a very, very like young, young age, a childhood experiences or childhood traumas that we just don't even consciously recognize because they're sitting in our unconscious. Yeah. Um, and, and they, they kind of create these, these structures in our mind of where we're supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. And that, that, I mean, it's so fascinating how just all of that and just, um, you know, the body talk, like I posted, mm-hmm. I mean, it would have been over the summer now, but I remember posting a picture of myself in the pool in a two piece swimsuit with my son and my niece. And I'm like, I, I feel like I should comment on my body because that's what everyone does on Instagram or social media. Like I love myself, blah, 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 you know, or just like something like that. But I'm like, but really it's not like, I'm just having fun with my son. I don't, you know, I'm like, I feel like I'm at the place where I'm like, I don't think that we have to like make excuses for, and again, this is me personally. I don't think this is across the board, but like, I don't need to like say, Hey, I love myself. My abs are not hundred percent six pack, maybe how they used to be when, again, when I was like 18, like mm-hmm. that I think is a little shift that I wish, I wish for so many people to get to, you know, cause I think it's that little shift where you're like, wait, do I, is it about the body? Is it always about my body? Mm-hmm. No, you know, it's really, it's not. And that's the shift that I wish so many people could start making. I just got to figure out how to 
how to, I guess, verbalize that. How did that happen? <laughs> For sure. Well, and I, I think too, so much about the piece of functional fitness too, and, and kind of how do you encourage people to to train for what they do outside of the gym, right? Because that becomes a level of, you know, you're once again not focusing on the the physical appearance of your body, but rather, hey, I'm I'm doing this so that I can, you know, jog around the lake because I want to really experience the beauty of nature next weekend, or because I'm going on a hike with my family and my dog, and that is, you know, that's something that I want to be able to have the cardiovascular endurance to to get up those hills, right? Like I think that that's the beautiful thing is when you can see in your outside world, outside the doors of the gym, you can see kind of that that benefit and that performance start to convey into other things and areas of life. That's when I think people have some of those light bulb moments of like, oh my gosh, okay, I'm not just chasing the six pack. I'm chasing this experience. This is the moment where I'm I'm seeing that payoff of what I'm what I'm doing in the in the walls of the gym. Yes, I love that. And I think that that's, I mean, a brilliant point because I'm like, well, on that vacation I did. I went and worked out probably the next morning at the well, it was alongside the pool because their gym was too small. But like, mm-hmm. you know, it's like stuff like that where I'm like, I'm not doing it, you know, for necessarily the six pack or for that goal. It's, it is for the feeling. Like I personally, um, and I would say this has actually been probably more recent than I would like to admit, but it ha- totally has been. Like it's not for like a body goal. Because I think when we're younger, you know, I know when I was your age, I was still like, I just want to look good in my dress when I go out on the weekend. Mm-hmm. And I want, you know, I want to have a six pack, but you know, as I've gotten older, I'm like, oh, it's not, not really that important to me anymore. Cause I wore like a swimsuit twice the entire summer, like mm-hmm. not that important anymore. Like I want to be functional. I want to be able to, you know, play with my son and hold him and lift him up without having a backache, you know, and without, you know, pulling something because I'm bending over and picking up, you know, a 30 pound toddler. So like, I think, I think that's kind of the shift that I think as people get older, um, happens, you know, I'm kind of curious oh, to boy. see where you're at with that. Like, you know, cause you are, you know, still in your, like your mid twenties, um, mm-hmm. you know, where are you at on that kind of spectrum of like, you know, body and why you work out and you know, how you've evolved. Absolutely. So I definitely, it's funny you make that comment, you know, being young and having some of those kind of physique goals. I think I've definitely been at that place. You know, I think that in, especially for me in college and high school, there was definitely some moments where it's like, okay, I'm eating this way and I'm moving this way because I want to look like X, Y, Z. Right. And I can honestly say, I think for me, the big shift was when I actually graduated from, from college and went into full-time personal training, I learned a lot about using weights, uh, more than I had previous, right? So I had taught group fitness. I had done a little bit of personal training, but I hadn't done much barbell work. I hadn't done a lot of kind of really heavy lifting until, um, about that age. And that for me kind of flipped a switch in my head. I think of why I was so empowered by it and I had so much fun with it. And I will never be someone who can, you know, out squat everyone in the gym or out deadlift everyone in the gym, but I have so much fun with it. And it was this amazing moment where I realized what my body was able to do that I didn't know before. And I think that that actually kind of created a bit of a shift in me around how do I appreciate my body for what, once again, celebrate what it's able to do versus how it looks. And I think that even within that phase, I kind of swung in the direction of, I kind of jokingly call myself, I was a bit of a cardio bunny in in college. You know, (laughs) I was doing the 10Ks, the half marathons, teaching group fitness, a lot of cardio. And then I went I graduated and went right into full-time personal training and I was doing a ton of strength training. Um, I pulled away actually from a lot of cardio and to the point where I remember I got on a treadmill at one point and I tried to do like a two mile run and I was like, I finished it. And I was like, you know what? That should have felt better than it did. Mm-hmm. And I kind of realized I'd almost swung the pendulum too far into the strength training realm. The interesting thing too, was that 
as I swung to that strength training side, I definitely gained some weight. Mm-hmm. And that was a combination of both a fair amount of muscle as well as I definitely gained a little bit of fat. And, you know, if I was to like check metrics on a, you know, some sort of body fat measurement, right? And I remember having a moment where I was like, oh, you know, darn, right? Like I've clearly made some improvements, but I also gained a little bit of fat. And I was at a point though, where I think that I was so free in how excited I was about what I was able to do that I didn't mind at that moment. And previously I would have really minded that. Mm -hmm. And once again, this is kind of that journey of life, right? I think that as we keep progressing through things, that phase needed to happen for me to realize like, hey, okay, I truly feel my best when I have the right balance of higher intensity cardio, as well as strength training and some yoga mobility work, right? Mm -hmm. That for me feels like the absolute best. And that's where for me, I both, you know, I guess you could say feel and look my best. But that being said, I've been so appreciative of these different kind of cycles that I've gone through of seeing my body change and shift, get stronger, right? Sometimes we have those moments where we take a little bit of time off of that kind of strength training and we get a little bit weaker, right? Once again, we check our ego when we walk in the door. And I think it's been a bit of those fluctuations in that journey for me over the years of both how I look as well as what I'm able to do in the gym. That's, that's really encouraged me and motivated to once again, keep this emphasis of celebrating my body and what it's able to do. And I would say I'm at a point now, right? Where I think that I was joking with someone the other day. I was like, Oh my goodness, I haven't stepped on a scale in like a year because I just don't even care. Right. I'm like, whatever shows up on there wouldn't matter anyway. Mm -hmm. And for me, this is maybe kind of, you know, when I think about kind of my own personal development and opportunities, I'm now at a point where I'm so motivated by performance that when I notice that I, you know, have lost 10 pounds off my squat or whatever it happens to me, those are the moments where I kind of like kick myself a little bit. Mm -hmm. And I need to give myself some grace in those moments to realize like, Hey Reed, you know what? Different things happen throughout life. Once again, this is a journey. You can always get those things back. Um, But I've almost shifted really fully to that, that place of just like, what can my body do versus, versus what it looks like. And part of that as well as I think, for myself and with clients as well, is that I always try to, to preach to the piece as well that it's good. if we are proud of the way that our bodies look, that's a good thing, right? Mm-hmm. I would never, you know, I'm one of those people too, where it's like, I post pictures on Instagram once in a while where I'm in a sports bra and leggings. And that's not something by any means that I would ever want someone to feel is putting aggressive emphasis on my physical looks, mm-hmm. but rather just like, hey, this is the skin I'm in and I love it, right? Mm-hmm. I would post that picture if I was 10 pounds lighter or 10 pounds heavier than how I currently look, currently mm-hmm. am. And it's a matter of like, hey, how can we once again celebrate where we're at and, and embrace kind of the beauty that is in, in, in the amount of time that we put in and invest into our, our health and our bodies. I love it. And I wrote down some of the words that you used you know, just describing like where you're at. And I, mm-hmm. I think they're super, they're super powerful words. Um, you know, you used empower, fun, appreciate, grace. Like those are to me are amazing words to describe, you know, kind of you sprinkled in, you know, as you were talking about what you're doing and, um, you know, that shows you're in a way better spot than I was at 25 mm-hmm. <laughs> with what I was doing. And I, I mean, you, to me, like, um, if you've ever, or if you ever have the pleasure of meeting Reed, like she is such an old soul and she just, um, you know, just everything. That's why I love chatting with you about health and fitness is, you know, you're like, wow, like you have so much wisdom for being, you know, so young. And I'm like, even when I first met you, that's where I was like, wow, like she is just so awesome. And, um, you know, to use those words and just to like stand in that and, um, you know, stand in your power. I think that that's, that's huge. Um, one of the things that you had talked about, 
And I want to go a little bit deeper in because I think this sometimes can be rare in the fitness industry. I don't know if every, um, you know, trainer does this, but meditate and how important meditation is to you and in your life. Can you talk about your kind of journey with meditation? For sure. Meditation is one of the first things that I recommend to everyone. <laughs> they come to me and they're like, hey, can you write me an exercise program? And my question's like, hey, do you meditate? They're like, that doesn't answer my question. Um, yes, I can write you an exercise program, but <laughs> I love it. I think that one of the, the I, so I started meditating, my quick little journey on, on meditation, I probably started meditating, ooh, mm, it was mid-college, so it was probably at this point almost four or five years ago, and I actually learned a lot about it through my mom, so she had, she had kind of started doing some, some meditation and prayer, kind of combination of the two, and had kind of coached me through some of it. I was really fascinated by it, and I started seeing a lot of just the mindfulness benefit I guess I would describe myself as a fairly type A person that probably leans more towards being anxious than away from it. <laughs> um, in which case, I definitely had some moments in, in college where I just, it's kind of this go-getter mentality of like taking on so much and was like, how in the world do I quiet my brain? I just needed to take a moment to shut off so I can calm down and then go back back to going about my day. And meditation was the most amazing way that I was able to really find that. And I, I realized very quickly that literally only five to 10 minutes of meditation a day spilled into every corner of my life. And that's, I think, what felt so powerful in, in finding that peace. And I think too, and even just understanding your methodology and how you coach and how you approach things is so amazing because, you know, right, the name of your podcast, Peaceful Power, right? We, we find like that strength actually comes from quieting ourselves, mm -hmm. which feels counterintuitive sometimes, especially when we're kind of running on that hamster wheel, oh, but yeah. it, it truly is where, where that blossoms from. So I started doing a little bit in college. I kind of dabbled in it, right? Went through some, once again, some of those peaks and valleys of being really consistent for months at a time and then falling off the bandwagon for a month or two and being like, wow, I need that back in my life. Mm -hmm. Every time that I felt like some of my stress was creeping back up, I mean, every time it was like meditation and prayer needs to come back into what I'm doing, right? Like that is what I'm missing. And so that really kind of led to this place of like, this is so worth being consistent with. And now when it comes to a coaching perspective with clients, I usually will actually start clients with headspace. Uh, it's a really simple guided meditation that is phenomenal for people who are like, wow, I've never attempted this in any way, shape or form. And it's just a simple free app that people can download and just start with even five minutes a day, right? It's, it, it can make a huge, huge difference. And then from there, I think the most beautiful thing is when you can actually transition people off that dependence of an app, right? Mm -hmm. When they understand like, wow, I can find my, I can kind of find that, that clear white head space without having something guide me through it. So it's been amazing as I've, I've coached people and, and worked with clients and seen, you know, I've had clients come to me, they're like, wow, I can't believe how well I'm sleeping mm -hmm. or something popped up at work. And rather than stressing and worrying and getting overwhelmed, I just approached it with a headspace of like, I'm ready to take it on and, and it'll work itself out. And I think those are the moments that really kind of, it's like the proof is in the pudding, right? Like it just, it, it works and it creates a level of, of decreasing stress and creating a new mindset and approach to how you almost view everything in the world. Yes. Oh, I mean, I couldn't agree more. Like I had, um, you know, one of my past clients had shared this on um, Instagram and she was like, I thought I hired a trainer 
for, you know, my body and it ends up, you know, like I taught her how to meditate. Like she has Oracle cards now and like, I'm totally probably a little bit more, way more woo, you know, some of the stuff that you do with clients, but like, this is what I was doing with her. And I have no idea why, like with her, like, I don't do that with every client, but like somehow, like I, my intuition was like, she needs this. Mm -hmm. And, um, you know, that is exactly what she needed. And it's so funny just to look back and reflect on that. I'm like, wow, like that, that is sometimes, um, you know, the gift of, you know, going to a coach, like you might get what you thought you were going to get, or you're like, wait, I actually needed that. And they somehow knew this is really what I needed. It wasn't necessarily a workout plan, but it was like, I needed to do fix my mindset. I needed to fix, you know, what was going on there and settle down and settle back into myself. So that's something that I really appreciate that, you know, you're doing and, you know, encouraging others to do. Cause I think that's, that's where the key is, is just, you know, coming back to ourselves and what, what is it that we truly want on the inside? And, you know, we can't tell someone that, you know, we really do have to sit and do the work ourselves to figure out, you know, what is there, what, what's calling to me. Absolutely. And I always tell clients too, it's this piece of, right. You know, if you start with a, a really strong, calm, stress-free mindset where you feel ready to take on the things that are coming your way, that will make your exercise program, your nutrition plan, all the other things that you're doing for your health, you'll get way more benefit for the effort that you're putting in. You know, it's, it's, I think no different than this principle of like, I've, I've worked with clients before where they were on a very strenuous exercise regimen and were sleeping only four hours a night. And I basically told them, I was like, Hey, here's the deal. You are not getting the, the amount of energy and effort you're putting into your training program. You're not actually reaping all the benefits of it because there's another component of your health that is so far off kilter for your recovery. Right. And so I think mindfulness is one of those things that as it does spill into all areas of our life, you'll actually see more benefit from your efforts towards nutrition or fitness when you come at it with the right mindset. Yes. Yeah. And that, that is, I think, key. Cause I think what you just said about your clients, cause I know I've had throughout the years, the same type of client who, you know, is pushing on all cylinders and is working out and consistently working out, you know, but they're maybe getting four hours of sleep at night and they're like, why aren't I reaching my goals? And sometimes the key is like, you're not resting. You got to recharge. You have to do yes. something for yourself. Four hours of sleep at night is not going to cut it. You know, mm-hmm. actually it's better to skip that workout and mm-hmm. get the full sleep rather than push, push, push in all areas of your life. So that I think is, you know, that's again, where meditation come into play, you know, Hey, skip the gym, you know, meditate and go to bed, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so absolutely. one of the things I, I think meditation helps, you know, is, helps us connect with ourselves. And I, I've really started adding journaling, you know, after meditation. And, um, I know that you have found your passion and what you're doing, but how do you help others maybe connect to that passion or even at a young age? Cause I think it probably is rare for, cause I started my business when I was younger as well. Like probably for both of us to mm-hmm. just be like, Nope, we're not going to do the nine to five thing. We're going to, we're going to dive into our business. You know, what advice do you have for someone who, um, you know, maybe is around that age or maybe is 20 years older than you, but like is wanting that change. For sure. I think one of the biggest things is recognizing, I think for me, I got to a point where I had, you know, I, and my background is both in fitness as well as in business to a degree. Right. So I kind of dabbled in some of that nine to five thing. I'd tried it and realized pretty quickly that it just didn't feel in alignment with my soul and what my purpose was. And that kind of soul searching work takes time. It takes 
I honestly think prayer and meditation is one of the best ways to actually get to those answers because it allows you to kind of clear your mind to, to bring the thoughts that are, that are meant to be there, right? Versus kind of the noise and chaos of things that happen around us in life. And for me, it was truly a matter of, I think, recognizing my strengths, talking with people around me, understanding what they saw in me, what I found in myself, and seeing where those two married together and understanding like, hey, this is, this is truly something that that I am and meant to pursue and a place I'm meant to be in. And sometimes too, it also takes just taking that first step. One of the things that I think was so encouraging for me, and I'm, I'm sure you felt this as well, is I already knew at that point that this is what I was meant to do, right? That I, I was so confounded and like, hey, I am meant to help people improve their health, to help them make sustainable habit change, whether that be from nutrition, mindfulness, or, or fitness perspective. But I also recognized too that as people kind of came to me, friends, family, old clients, and, and made mention of like, oh my gosh, Reed, this is entirely what you, I, I'm so glad you launched this business or I'm so glad you launched your blog or I'm so glad that you started sharing more content on social media because this is totally where you're meant to be. When you kind of receive those external affirmations of what already feels totally right internally, it, it really allows you to step even deeper into it because you feel that kind of power of, you feel uplifted by those around you even more so than you already felt within yourself. And I think that it really truly does take that first step of trying, right? We talked about experimentation with, with fitness and, and sometimes experimentation in the nutrition realm is important as well. And to find what truly kind of like lights your soul on fire, it does take some experimentation. But I think that the more that you create that calm, mindful space to bring in the thoughts that are meant to be there, that is where you can really find kind of the most beautiful answers of where you should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I would totally agree with that. And that's, and there's no harm in trying and deciding, okay, maybe I want to do something else or going back to a nine to five. Like that, that's what I think sometimes we feel or deem that as a failure when really that's not like we went out there and we tried to do our thing and we realized maybe that's not it. You know, I'm like, I've taught for two years in school and I'm like, oh, I like teaching. Like, you know, I actually love teaching, not necessarily in a school setting though. So like, that's where you're kind of like, well, how can I, you know, cause since I was little, like I've always wanted to be a teacher. Yes. I just presumed it would be in front of a classroom where mm. really I'm like, no, I actually just love teaching. And whether that be in, for me, like health, fitness, Ayurveda, you know, some of my like hippie stuff that I like mm -hmm. to do, like teaching people that. And, um, you know, that's where I think sometimes we have to think maybe a little bit outside the box or, you know, we maybe at a young age knew what you wanted to be, but just like me, I had to think, well, I, I am teaching. It's just not what normally a teacher looks like per se when we think of it when we're six years old. For sure. Well, and I think too, it's one of those amazing things. I think a lot of people, if they're interested specifically in kind of the, the coaching or the, the training space, you'll start to notice when people just come, like if you're one of those people where you constantly get questions about things, yes. people kind of look to you for advice. They, they seek you for knowledge on a number of things, right? It could even be everything from, I started to, I realized this a, for a couple of years ago. I was like, man, it's pretty funny that I'm totally single and I have so many friends that come to me for relationship advice. I was like, <laughs> you know, I, it's not like I'm some expert in this by any means, right? Makes sense when they come with come to me for training advice. But I was like, people just must see some level of like, they want coaching and they, they want someone to connect with. And I think people usually do recognize when they have that kind of spirit and energy about them. Um, and you're wise. I told you this. You're wise. <laughs> I try. <laughs> you have an old soul. <laughs> I mean, I take that as a compliment. I, I jokingly call myself a grandma sometimes. Oh yeah. I mean, <laughs> 
you totally have an old soul and I love it. Like I, um, I have worked on crafting my old soul. I think I've been told I have one and I'm like, I know if I'm in alignment, but my, my Vata dosha and Ayurveda talk sometimes mm-hmm. runs rampant. And then I do yes. not stick in my old soul ways and I get to all over the place so that you have steady energy. I think that's, that's stellar. So oh people God. are like, I want to work with Reed. I want to know where to find her. Cause you also have an amazing blog with tons of um, recipes as well. Yes. Uh, so pretty much all of my domains are under fit feed by Reed. So fitfeedbyread.com is my blog. Um, I've got information on my coaching services there, as well as recipes, information on my kind of three pillars of content are stress less, eat smart, and move more. So I share content in all those areas. And I think one of the biggest things that I really kind of talk a lot about on my blog and with my coaching is really how do we simplify things, right? How do we um, make simple and sustainable changes that allow us to, to really feel better in the long run? I'm also on Instagram, I'm on Facebook, uh, I'm on Pinterest. So lots of fun little places to check out Fit Feed by Read. Perfect. And I'll have all of those in the show notes as well for you guys. Um, so I do have one final question though. So when mm-hmm. I have guests on, I have you guys kind of give everyone a weekly challenge. So um, what would you like everyone's weekly challenge to be this week? Yes. So I, lo- I love this, by the way. I am all about little moments of motivation and inspiration and how can you think about something differently? So my little weekly challenge is we talked a lot about that meditation piece. I encourage all of your listeners to find just five minutes. That's it. Five minutes, three times this week to take some time to just sit in a peaceful place and spend five minutes meditating. That is my little challenge. Perfect. I love it. And I will um, add that as well to the show notes. so People remember what the challenge is and challenge accepted. I will definitely be giving that a shot. And that's something that, um, you know, like adding in that meditation piece, if you're not spending time with yourself, or if you don't know, you know, maybe what your passion is, you know, just spending a little bit of time with you and seeing, you know, what comes up. For sure. For sure. I can, there's a lot of answers that come from those quiet moments. Yes. Yeah. And then have your journal nearby so you don't forget it. Cause sometimes if you're like, Oh, I'm going to remember. And then you're like, Nope, forgot that sometimes happens. <laughs> I have learned. <laughs> oh, well, thank you so much, Reed. It's been such a pleasure having you on and um, yeah, she is local. So anyone who is local listening, she is in the Minneapolis St. Paul area. So definitely um, connect with Reed. So thank you again. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, Andrea. I'm so good to connect with you. And you've been such a mentor to me in, in so many areas of business and life and fitness. So it's, it's so, such a fun, exciting adventure to be able to, to join you here. Hmm, thank you. Uh, thank you all and go out there and spread your peaceful power. Thank you so much for listening to the Peaceful Power podcast. And if you want more information about today's show, head on over to andreaclawson.com, where you can also find my free guide to working out for your body type. And if you haven't already, I would love it if you could rate and review the show over on iTunes and share it with any of your friends that you think would benefit from hearing the peaceful power message. Thanks again, and go out there and spread your peaceful power.